Welcome back to Radio Slam. This is your host, Tariq Alameen, and we're broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM. We are streaming at WCEV1450.com, and you can keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and TuneIn, and you'll find us at that same username at Radio Islam USA. Before we jump off into this second half of the program, uh, we want to thank our sponsors, IFN and ICN, that's Islamic Foundation North and Islamic Center of Naperville for their support. Uh, imagine that you're hearing raucous applause, lots of cheering. Uh, we appreciate you very much. All right, folks, uh, we are going to get into a Ramadan exclusive, and that is, what, what, wait for it, wait for it, Iftar. That's right, Iftar, specifically the black Iftar, right? If you haven't heard about it, um, our sister, uh, Leila Abdullah Pulos, Radio Islam culture contributor, and so much more award-winning uh, winning author, uh, racial justice educator, uh, college professor, literary critic, and a bunch more, uh, is with us to talk about a piece that she recently wrote covering exactly that, the Black Iftar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum so, yes, Ramadan Mubarak, Ramadan Mubarak. Uh, we are still hanging in there. Um, one of the things that a lot of folks, particularly folks of color, um, uh, black Muslims in this particular instance, African-American Muslims, are dealing with right now is a backlash to the uh, establishment of a black iftar. Which, um, and you wrote a piece on this. Tell us a bit about that. Okay. Well, the Black Iftars, they, they actually started last year mm -hmm. in Chicago. and uh, I was there. I was there. It, I know. I saw pictures <laughs> of you on the website, you and your lovely wife. I saw you guys. I was like, oh, my God, I've been with Chicago. But <laughs> I, uh, it was started last year, and, and I believe they also had it in L.A. as well. And uh, it was a coming together of black Muslims. And it was not. there were non-black Muslims, too. Yes, okay, it's not an exclusive... Uh, space. And it was just an opportunity for black Muslims to come together and center their cultural experiences and also have what I consider a break from a lot of the racial microaggressions, discrimination, and racism that they face in a lot of Muslim spaces across the country. Mm -hmm. So there were two that I know of last year. And this year, they, were dot they basically dotted the entire country from East Coast to West Coast. Okay. Right. It was New York, there was Philadelphia, Dallas, Atlanta, Detroit, Chicago again, Grand Rapids, and Michigan. Like every people kept on mentioning where they were having one. So it really demonstrated the need for this space and the need for an opportunity to come together and really kind of uh appreciate our cultural experiences but also have like this sanctuary from a lot of the uh, bias that we encounter in, in Muslim spaces that actually adversely affect our uh, ibadah uh, and our spirituality and even our connection with the month of Ramadan itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'd spent many years, uh, every year was always something. And even this year there was something mm -hmm. <laughs> in these spaces. And so I just kind of, it tainted the uh, sense of spirituality that I had to spend, even like the opportunity to engage in fellowship. And so I, I, I really isolated myself as much as I possibly could. 
because it, 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 it was so emotionally damaging to go through that. And so it, it's not an isolated thing. It's happening all across the country. And instead of people appreciating that, there's a lot of uh, hate about about black Muslims doing this. Now, there are other uh, Muslim cultural groups that, are, that, that have such iftars. There are um, a Syrian-American iftar. There was a Palestinian-American iftar. Uh, uh, there was a an iftar in uh, uh, with a Daisy social, right. okay. And no one says boo, but as soon as Black Muslims say, you know, we're going to get together and we're going to uh, uh, center ourselves, then would then there's all of this, like you said, backlash and all this. You're 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 you're, you're uh, dividing the ummah, you know, which is laughable because you know there are. I saw I saw one of the comments on. On Twitter, somebody said, I didn't know there were black Muslims. I thought we were all just Muslims. <laughs> and I feel like that's a really, um, that's an interesting response. And of course, I'm sure you've seen that before as well. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it really turns something that is, uh, that deserves some sense of uh, complexity, uh, or at least an understanding mm -hmm. of the 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 social makeup um, mm -hmm. that we find ourselves in, at least to recognize it, and that that is definitely in response, uh, in large part to that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's because there's always it's, there's there's only a problem with this when black people are doing it, and uh, that whole you know we're just Muslims. That's that's kind of like an extension of. Uh, of color, social color blindness, this whole idea, I don't see color type of thing. The all lives when matter. A lot, yeah. All lives matter, you know, where it is, it is a matter of, you know, as long as black people stay quiet in their oppression, every those who are comforted and, 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 and uh, privileged by it are fine. As soon as we kind of uh, uh, do anything to assert our humanity and our agency, they're not fine anymore. So this whole idea that we're just Muslims, I, I, it'd probably be ironic if you go in that person's house, they probably have something that, that is indicative of their, of their uh, ethnicity, of, uh, of their family and everything like that. But, you know, we're not allowed to do that type of thing. Right. So it's really just kind of laughable. I mean, there are a, a massage all across the country that cater to a specific uh, ethnicities and, and, and racial background mm -hmm. all over the country. And so that's the reality, you know. And uh, when uh, black people complain in those spaces about being alienated and isolated, then we're supposed to understand that, you know, people just really kind of gather with whom they're comfortable with, with their own people. That's the rhetoric that we've been told by non-black Muslim daisies, uh, Middle Easterners, all across the board. And, but when we decide to do it, then all of a sudden there's a problem. Uh, mm -hmm. First of all, I really don't care, and I encourage all black Muslims to just really not give two figs about any non-black Muslim that has an issue with this. It's not their cultural experience, and it, it's really not for them to approve or disapprove of anything that we do. All right. Okay, so it's really a matter of, if you want, you can learn about it. You can learn more about what causes this need to occur and then go back into your, into your spaces and your communities and try to combat it, okay? Because it is a very ugly thing and it is a, it is a very un-Islamic thing. So instead of uh, attacking the people who are seeking refuge from it, mm -hmm. 
why not try to change the culture the the culture that that produces it yeah okay and there's also been some uh pushback from black muslims and uh a lot of times i've, I've what i've gleaned is that it's black muslims who are, who are secure and and insulated in blackness okay so they're in a majority black muslim community you know, they, that's where they go to iftar and everything like that, which is great and wonderful, but you really can't then turn around and say to someone that that's not their experience, okay? And what they do experience is something that is so degrading, so demoralizing, that, you know, that they can't do what they need to do to try to find some sanctuary from that. Now, and and they, also try to find... I'm sorry. Aren't they basically on the same side? And I'm speaking about African-American Muslims who go to predominantly African-American masajid, live in Mm -hmm. predominantly African-American communities. Aren't they in the very same position that we would say uh, non-black, whether they're South Asian, Arab, whatever the uh, case may be, uh, that they're in, where they don't have to identify anything that they do as being Palestinian, Syrian, Egyptian, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is simply just a, um, just a matter of, you know, a matter of being. They don't have to label it because it is what it is. Our constitution is primarily of this particular ethnicity, uh, this background, mm-hmm. uh, the food, the, 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 the thought process, all these things are going to line up. So aren't they basically in the very same position? Well, yes, and that's the thing. It's like when you have that ethnic off, when you have that kind of comfort, mm-hmm. then it, you it can make empathy for someone that doesn't have it challenging. Okay, mm-hmm. and I think that that's what happens a lot of times. I think that there are non-black, there are black Muslims who are in in these insulated environments who do still recognize that there this is a problem across the country and outside of those those enclaves of blackness mm-hmm. and. So uh, they support they support uh, these types of endeavors. I think it's these uh, and the non-black and the black Muslims that I've had interactions with. I really haven't had interactions with non-black Muslims about this because I really don't care what they think mm-hmm. or whether or not they approve. So it's really black Muslims that I've engaged in a dialogue with, and a lot of times it's, it's use of the word black. Mm-hmm. You know, some have expressed that you know we've been doing this all of these years anyway. You know, I never, we never had to label it black, but it's very, very important that they're labeled black iftar because it sends a message. It sends a message to people like me mm-hmm. who are in these environments, these toxic environments, that, you know what, in this space, there's less toxicity. Your race and, and, and ethnic background are going to be less of an issue. We're purposely making this space so that you can have a break from all of that. So by labeling specifically black that's black uh, iftar. That's the message that you're sending. Okay, we're centering blackness, and I think that that's very, very. Like you said, outside of these enclaves of blackness, I mean, it there are layers to it. I mean, like you you don't get to eat the food that you that 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 you're used to in your culture because when you go to the masjid, it's always uh, uh, the the dominant ethnic groups. Okay, and they let's, get to let's cook what they want to cook and bring what they want to bring. Let's pause there mm-hmm. on that for a moment, right? Because that's really what the, the iftar is really all about. It is, mm-hmm. it, it's the food. It's, it's, I mean, of course, it is breaking the fast, you know, in community. But the idea that you're going to eat something, you're going to have a meal with 
those people that are closest to you or people that you're trying to, you know, forge relationships with. Uh, and you're going to eat food that reminds you of home. You're going to eat food mm -hmm. that is comforting, uh, you know, that, that you are accustomed to. And to not have that experience, right, more often than not for, for some who, you know, who find themselves going to, uh, to iftars where the food does not, it does not reflect their upbringing, does not reflect their culinary taste. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think people really can appreciate the, you know, what that does um, and, and how important something like that can become. And then you add the layers of what you, what you termed, you talked about the microaggressions, which turn into micro traumas. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I just don't think that there is enough sensitivity around those things and how important they are in, in shaping a response like uh, Black Iftar. Well, I had, you know, I had a small iftar at my uh, home. Mm -hmm. I try to have it every year. We try to have it every year. And it, it is usually um, uh, converts and uh, mainly black Muslims, but there are, you know, my husband's Latino. Yeah. And uh, we also have friends that are Trinidadian, mm -hmm. and they don't identify as black. And so, you know, they come, we all come together and... You know the the difference the, the the difference in the attitude about the food. Okay, I it, it, it's a stark difference. It does feel like home. It does it does have that familiarity to it, and it does you feel the you feel it in your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and it uplifts your heart. And it was funny because after because you know we're very much you know, like the sisters are in the den and the the brothers are in the uh, living room, and my kitchen has been in between. And so afterwards, my husband said, like, uh, one of the guests came and looked at the food and was like, Alhamdulillah, it's not hot. It's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, you know, he was just relieved that, you know, it was, uh, you know, something that's very, very identifiable to him as as an African-American man. So it's just like, you know, like those, uh, you know, the, 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 sister, the Trinidadian sister cooked it. So it's like, you know, like that Caribbean food, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> like something mm -hmm. that you're familiar with, so he was just like, "Alhamdulillah," <laughs> that it's you know something that I, that he knew and he he could identify with, and everyone was so happy uh, around the food and, and and was really really raving about the food, and you know the conversation sprung from there. But it's just it, it is very important because you go time and again, night after night after night, into these spaces where there's nothing about your cultural background at all. And it is important. It is important. If it wasn't important, it wouldn't be the food of the, do the, the, the majority of Muslims, their background. It wouldn't be that every single night. Right. You know, it would be something else. Okay, if if it was if it wasn't important, you know, members of a Turkish mosque wouldn't just have Turkish food every single night or for the majority of the night. Uh, members of a, a majority Daisy mosque wouldn't have Daisy food uh, 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 almost every night, you know. And then the message that it sends to people that are Daisy, okay, mm -hmm. and you know that familiarity is just it's just another point of alienation and cutoff. And so I know that in in New York, the Black Muslim iftar in New York. There was all these, all of these ethnic foods that you know are, are very familiar to New Yorkers, okay. Mm -hmm. But it was just like Somali food. There was Caribbean food. There was African American food, and so it was just really like this familiarity that you, you know, just looking at the menu, it's like, okay, wow, you know, 
uh, it's, it's a divergence and it's a break from all of that. So I, I think that's very important. And people yeah. that are hating on it need to kind of really think about the reason why they're hating on it so much. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Put yourself in someone else's shoes and, and think about what that would be like for you every single night, uh, every single iftar that you decided to come out for and you found nothing that you identified mm -hmm. as being a part of your own culinary uh, culture, right? That that would yeah. that, that would do something to you. And that also on the other side, and I got to give a shout out to uh, MEC here, Muslim Educational Center. Uh, I did a program there. I was on a panel uh, a couple of years back, and and there was lunch afterward. Do you know that they had bean pie? They had <laughs> bean pie. They had fried chicken. Now, and of course, I don't want people to feel like, you know, black people take uh, ownership of fried chicken. That's, you know, because I mean, that, that's not the case. But you we know, just make it the best. Yeah, but go ahead. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, and I think they had mac and cheese. And I was like, wow. See, to me, that says that, number one, you're expecting me to be there. Right. Because mm -hmm. and you prepared for me now. If you're just going to give me what you want me to have and expect that I'm just going to all of a sudden forget everything that, that I've known and that I'm accustomed to and just adopt mm -hmm. not only not only your food, but I'm going to adopt everything else, mannerisms and, yeah. you know, go down the line. That just shows that those people who situate themselves in that fashion are not really um, understanding the power to make spaces inclusive through something as simple as, as offering dishes that are that have some cultural resonance um, with a diverse mm -hmm. population. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's funny because we have uh, uh, a lot of different backgrounds in my masjid, and uh, uh, the way that they organize it is the leadership asks families and businesses and even individuals to host nights. Yeah. And so people put their names on the calendar and that, and you can see like who's hosting and everything like that and um almost every year this beautiful uh, uh family egyptian family they host a dinner at least once okay mm -hmm. and uh whenever they host it it's americans and egyptians you rarely see any there's maybe a few uh uh uh, uh south asians mm -hmm. okay but it's majority egyptians and americans Okay. And then the next night, it's, it may be a Daisy family. And then it's full uh, uh, of Daisies. So, you know, the food becomes important. Yeah. The food becomes important to people to the point where they don't even go if it's not the food that they want to eat, if, the, if it's not the food that they're familiar with. Then they won't even go. They won't. They don't even think about. Oh well, you know this this person is cooking, this, and 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 they don't know what they're missing out on because the sister slammed for food. It's just like, oh I my know. god, I, I got to have this for Sahor. So good, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know, they don't think about that. Well, this person came is working hard on making this meal and everything like that. That becomes in, inconsequential. Mm. So if that is of no consequence, you know, to you, to people deciding to not attend. And if imagine when there are there are uh, serious consequences, like encountering bias and bigotry, and all of this really, you know, sometimes the cultural divide. It just so, sometimes the behavior is just so de 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 just demoralizing that you don't want to go anymore. Mm. 
So what yeah. we're going to do. So it definitely is a dive. We're going to have and, to do. And, and I just one more thing real yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We had two eating areas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my, the ladies section is two eating areas divided by a hall. And so when I went, all the black women were on one side and all the South Asian and Middle Eastern women on another side. That's the way it coalesced. They saw us first. Right. Okay, and they saw all the black women sitting there, and they all went around into the other eating area, not sitting with the black women. So really, we're the ones that are divided that are dividing the Uma, not this type of behavior or anything like that. I, I mean, really seriously. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I just had to say that. No, 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 no. Uh, we're actually <laughs> going to have to do probably a full Ramadan recap, I think, and not not okay. just these. Uh, instances, because I've been trying to tell folks, we don't point out issues for the sake of complaining. We point them out so that we can address them and remove them, right? Because yeah. you get sick of talking about the same stuff. Like, are you listening? Mm-hmm. Are you? Are, do you hear what we're saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's, they're not. That's why you have black star because it's like, well, we're tired, so it's just gonna go over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't so take tell it folks. Anymore. Tell folks where they can uh, read the article, and I'm sure you're going to get some uh, responses. And, and hopefully, they will be responses that are rooted once again in that desire to push the uh, kind of move the needle forward. So, where can they see? Oh, I got a ton of positive responses for. Uh, I wrote an article in Hot Hijab, mm-hmm. and I also uh, uh, about my experience and about black. Uh, Iftar, and I also wrote an article in about Islam.net. So there are two articles, one in Hot Hijab. They're both on my Twitter and on my Facebook and on NBA Muslims as well. Uh, and one for uh, about Islam, about uh, black Iftar and the fact that it's not, it's just really spreading. Right. You know, it's not something that's, that, that it looks like foreseeably that it's just going to go away. I just really see more cities next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, all right, folks, we thank you for joining us for another edition of Radio Islam. I'm your host and producer, Tariq Alameen. Our executive producer is Abdul Malik Mujahid. We remind you that the views expressed by the host and or guest are theirs and not to be taken as a representation of Sound Vision Foundation. With that, we're going to leave you as we greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Thank you.